0: everyone and welcome back to the uh overlevel podcast. Yeah. Almost almost forgot the name of my own fucking <laughs> show. Love that. Uh, favorite bit. yeah. Uh so we got we got some stuff going on um in the news department Bef- before we get into our our big fat chrono trigger discussion. Um so We got some news that we want to we want to talk about. Uh, yeah, news, news, news. Before Snoozy we get into news, before we get into news, though, is there? How how, how you doing? <laughs> I'm doing a okay, Gavin. How we, you doing? Doing all right. We talked a little bit before we started recording, but just in case the audience was wondering how DJs doing <laughs> this is your chance to tell them. <laughs>
1: there, there's your update, guys. Yeah. I'm doing
0: a okay. Nice. Yeah, little depressed. No, you? Oh, uh, okay. Always, bro. <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> oh. Okay, uh, so I mentioned this to you right before we had started. Sorry if you can hear my my baby screaming in the background. Uh, my wife my my wife is so gracious graciously letting me do this right now while she takes care of a, a baby who, who should be going to sleep right now. Anyway, so I talked to DJ about this uh, right before we we started recording. But as far as news goes, Nintendo just like moments before we were recording this today, uh announced their new OLED Nintendo Switch console, which Ooh. I, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I, guess. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think the uh, the dock looks kinda cool. Oh yeah, definitely. I agree. It's got these like rounded edges and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. For me it's not necessarily something that I would buy. Um, Same. Mostly, mostly because I just don't play in handheld mode. So, I mean, I don't know. It's not even really... I have the specs kind of pulled up here, too. Uh, so, this new OLED Switch is like 0.8 inches larger than the original Nintendo Switch. Uh, the resolution is unchanged. It's 720p handheld and 1080p docked. Um, the storage that it comes with is 64 gigs where the original switch is 32. So it is a storage upgrade, but again, like for someone like me, I went ahead and purchased like a SIM card, you know, or some some mm-hmm. expandable storage for my switch. Uh the chipset inside of it is a custom Nvidia Tegra X1, which is the exact same thing as the Nintendo Switch, so no change there. The battery life is the exact same. As far as the connection ports, it has a LAN cable which is cool, Um yeah. but <laughs> it's it's only cool if you're like online gaming, right? And and realistically, I'm not <laughs> using my <laughs> Nintendo Switch for the online games that I play. You know, yeah, not because definitely. of the connectivity issue, but that's just the uh, first thing I think of with Nintendo is not online multiplayer. You know, <laughs> yeah, um, but you know, for some people who do play stuff like, I guess, um. What's that what's the squid game? Splatoon. Splatoon. Um, yeah, for people who are into Splatoon, that's cool, I guess. That's cool. And it's it's just a little a little heavier than the original Nintendo Switch. Still not even weighing a pound, but heavier. <laughs> mm. And then I guess the other thing too is that it comes with I guess enhanced speakers on it. Um Oh yeah, yeah, I did see that, yeah. And it's got That's That's this neat. big stand, like a, a huge adjustable stand in the
1: back of it. Yeah, um, after seeing that, it makes me wonder why the hell they didn't do that in the first place.
0: Well, even, so I agree, like, I feel like it's better, it's obviously better than the little stick, the stand that we got, but what I st- what I still don't understand is why have they not moved the charging port to the top of the Switch already? like the the charging port is still on the bottom, so even if you have it like sitting up somewhere, you can't charge mm-hmm. it while you're playing it, you know,
1: oh, yeah, I see what you're saying, yeah,
0: yeah,, but it's like you know if you're if you're sitting in bed or something and you're holding your switch, you can have your charger right next to it, and you you're still able to play the game and charge it. you just can't like have it be like standing up, you know, mm-hmm. um, which is like. <laughs> I don't know. The the whole stand thing is just kind of interesting to me because it's like, on the one hand, it's like, okay, cool, bigger stand, and, like, you can you can adjust it and, like, make it go back even further. But the Nintendo Switch has been out for so long already, I feel like people who want that already got, you know, those, like, third-party Switch stands that let them do that sort of thing. Right. And then on, on top of all that, the other thing is just the um, the OLED screen. Which um really only matters if you care about the colors, <laughs> mm-hmm. and yeah, I mean other than that, it's the same old Switch, just a yeah, little same bit, old, same little bigger. I think, and I was telling you too. I think a lot of people are mess are messed up about this because for a long time the rumors were pointing to a like a much more powerful Switch, you know, that'll do like four K and stuff like that, uh, like in docked mode, which would be cool. I would love, you know, I would love to I don't know, maybe maybe they'll still plan on doing this with the next Zelda game. Uh like maybe maybe hopes aren't completely, you know, dead yet, but mm. um, you know, to play some of the games that I do have just in higher resolution on my TV would be awesome, you know. Oh, definitely. Yeah, okay, so that's basically it as far as <laughs> the, the the biggest thing that has ha- ha- like happened today right um but other than that some other just kind of news around RPGs and stuff uh the Final Fantasy pixel remaster has some has some updated news Final Fantasy one through three are going to be coming out uh this month in July oh uh, yeah I think it yeah July 29th you can get Final Fantasy one two and three and each of them or Final Fantasy one and two are both priced at like 12 bucks each and then three will be 18 bucks it's interesting because i initially figured it'll just be like a big package like i was yeah. thinking like maybe 30 or 40 dollar package for all of these games but nope <laughs> i think on steam if you want to buy them as a package it's like on sale for like 70 dollars. and i'm like gosh for these games that have been out Yikes. for years <laughs> i mean yeah that's a no for me i i still am just of the mindset of this would be received much better if it was just also released on console like even if they still wanted to yeah. release these games separately they could still I don't know just like just put them on console <laughs> <Hey> God <laughs> yeah so there's that I think they're releasing 4 through 6 sometime later on either later on this year or early next year I can't remember Uh 1 through 3 pixel remaster you can get that later on this month whoopee <laughs> they announced a bunch of Legend of Heroes games like the uh, Trails games. Uh oh. I think are I think one or two of them is like a brand new game but the other ones are uh English ports of games that were only available in Japan but they're finally coming to America. Uh Trails from Zero, uh Trails to Azure, The Legend of Nyuta: Boundless Trails. And The Legend of Heroes Trails into Reverie. They had a big, like, Nihon Falcom 40th anniversary event, uh, and they announced a bunch of games. So that's kind of cool. That's cool. Uh, The Legend of Mana is finally out, like the the remaster or remake or whatever. Oh, yeah. I guess it's really just a remaster. It's pretty much the same Mm. game as the PlayStation 1 game. I guess you've never played the original one, have you? No, I've not, no. I think the mana series is another one that i've always been attracted to but i've i've never really played any of them maybe one day (laughs) one day the world ends with you is coming out later on this month and there's currently a demo out
1: oh really yeah
0: i i've just specifically been like i'm not gonna play the demo i'm just gonna i'm i've heard some good things about it already like from people who have gotten early you know Mm -hmm. hands on it pretty early so And I think even regardless, I mean, I don't know if I'm going to pre-order it, but whenever I can, I'm going to get the game, like, without, (laughs) you know, without playing the demo yet or anything, just because, you know, that's what I was going to do anyways, like, the sequel to one of my favorite games, like, yeah, of course, I'm going to get the sequel. (laughs) Hell yeah. So, yeah, that's coming out later on this month, Uh, or wait, yes, yeah, comes out, like, what is it, July 27th, yeah. Disgaea 6 is out.
1: Wait shit! It is.
0: I think so. Yeah, it is. Came out last week. <laughs> you, you look. You look. Oh it up. wait. <laughs> oh fuck. Oh yeah. I remember saving this one towards the end just because I was like, I know DJ might want to talk about this because I'm sure he's got it, but. Ooh, oh, oh, I totally forgot. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, you can better believe
0: I'm gonna get that. Yeah. <laughs> is it only available for Nintendo Switch? I believe so, yes. Okay. So from what I hear, it is not, like, optimized for Nintendo Switch. Um, oh, really? <laughs> like, I hear, like, it's fine if you're a fan of the Disgaea series and you're ready for Disgaea 6. It's like, you'll you'll probably enjoy it. It's probably not going to be the best one in the series for you. But um, as far as, like it being a Switch exclusive is apparently really unfortunate because apparently it doesn't run very good on the Switch at all. (laughs) Oh, wow. Yikes.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, interesting because that's weird because, yeah, for us in America, it's only available on the Switch, but in Japan, it's the PlayStation 4 and the Switch. Oh,
0: that's right. That's right. Yeah, I I mean, it'll probably come to PS4 and PC or something like. Right. Hopefully before the end of the year or something. But, yeah, that's pretty unfortunate.
1: (laughs) Also, <laughs> might buy it tomorrow when I get yeah.
0: paid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, go, yeah, do it, man. Don't, don't listen to the negative reviews, man. No, I mean, no,
1: because I mean, yeah, I did hear a lot of bad things about it just from like, because I think I remember I talked about it last episode is that they did get rid of
0: a lot of staples from the previous Disguise series, but oh, I mean, yeah. I'll still play it. Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, it's like you played one through five. Why wouldn't you play six? Might as well. Yeah um scarlet nexus is also out it's it's actually been out a little longer it came out on june 24th and i actually got this game Ooh. and it's really fun it's like a very fun game <laughs> uh it also is like visually very stunning um but you know we're not here for that we're here for chrono trigger yeah, but also before we get to Chrono Trigger we're going to do some question of the week stuff uh, actually before we
1: finish moving from the news section I have a little news thingy Oh it's yeah, less so it. like about sort of like what's going on in the JRPG world sort of like more of what I've acquired from the JRPG world so Ooh, yesterday me. I went to GameStop and I bought two particular JRPGs the first one have you heard of the game Indivisible for the Switch oh uh, yes
0: yeah, yes, I, I, have. I bought
1: that because I remember I played the demo of it, and the demo was a lot of fun. Yeah, I played and the so demo. So I bought the full game. I'm excited for that. And the big game that I bought that I didn't expect to see at GameStop at all was Near Replicant. I oh, shit. So I am very excited to eventually play that.
0: Yeah. Oh, definitely, man. That's been the one that I've like kept on my wish list. Like, I have it on my wish list for for PS4 and PC because I'm just like, I don't care what I get it on. I just, whenever I can get it, I'm going to (laughs) get it, you know?
1: Right, definitely.
0: Nice, man. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so, question of the week. Oh, God, sorry. Um, (laughs) I felt like, (laughs) I have a new question of the week that I would like to ask after this one. Realistically, I wish I asked the I, I wish I asked the new one this last week because it it pertains more to our chrono trigger discussion, but last week we right. were we were fucking reaching like we were just scrambling and reaching for bit. shit. So <laughs> okay, so question of the week uh, at our last episode, um, I'll just be reading the ones that are here uh, in our Discord. So thank you to uh, one pint ones. I'm, I, homie, just like <laughs> if you're if you're listening, dog, just like I don't know, like just fin- just spell just spell it out like piece by piece for me. <laughs> no, still no shade on your name. I just don't know how the fuck to pronounce it. Right. Uh, so I'm gonna call you One Pint One's. Uh, okay, so One Pint One says Velvet Crow from Tales of Berseria and he provided a very sleek JPEG, a glossy, glossy JPEG. Yummy, yummy. Yummy, yummy. So, I have not played much of the Tales games, but uh, I think I do have Berseria on my PS4. I just haven't gotten to playing it. Um, Because I'm pretty sure that one's connected to the Zesteria games. I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, I'm. I'm. Whenever I play games, I'm super into, like, oh, if there's like multiple in the series, I'm like, is there a timeline? Is there is there a correct way to play these games? Right. Which is kind of a big reason why I, like, don't get around to playing a lot of games because I spend so much time like stressing out like what's <laughs> the best way to play these games. It's kind of That's like whenever. Way. Yeah, it's like whenever you. It's like whenever you're on Netflix or on YouTube or just browsing the PlayStation Store or, like, your video game library, it's like whenever you get so overwhelmed with just seeing all of the choices, yeah. you, you end up spending, like, the amount of time that you could have been playing a video game, you spend that much time just trying to fucking find out what game you're going to play, you know? Yeah, definitely. Gosh. Gosh. Anyways, <laughs> that's how I feel about the Tales game. So it's like, it's always there. <laughs> it's something I want to play, but there's always other things too. Anyways. Right. Uh, Karison Ford says, this is so basic and Gavin even said it, but yeah, probably Aqua from Kingdom Hearts. I mean, she's just a well-written character with an amazing arc and I'm hyped to see what she does in the future. Either that or Aerith from Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, I know. I've only played like three games. Rip. What you gonna do? Laughing, crying, emoji. <laughs> Uh, Harrison Ford, I'm going to have to completely agree with you that one. Aqua is is waifu for laifu. So I just said it, it, that. It, yeah, I was
1: going <laughs> to say, like, oh, those are words that came out of your mouth. Yeah, I, I said <laughs>
0: the waifu for life <laughs> um, Hey, I agree.
1: Yeah. Aqua's tight.
0: It's funny, too, because my wife kind of has... Um, she gave herself bangs a little while ago, and they look good. And, and the way that she will sometimes style her hair... She she kind of has the same hairstyle and same hair color as like Final Fantasy VII remake Aerith. Mm. <laughs> and she <laughs> she she likes that game too. Like she liked watching me playing it whenever I whenever it came out and all that. Uh-huh. So it's funny cuz she she'll just be like, "Do I look like Aerith?" <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you definitely do. Very nice. Uh, DJ, who's your waifu for life, you?
1: So you know, this is a temporary waifu for who because, surprise, surprise, uh, that's not something I think about. <laughs> um, but because I don't even have like a waifu for who for anime, and you think as someone who watches anime as much as I do, I would have one. But yeah, I'm a,
0: I'm a little shocked at that. What the heck,
1: bro? Uh, yeah, I know. Very disappointing in me. If I had a girlfriend, she'd be disappointed in me too. Of course. Uh, dude, why did you have a waifu? Um, <laughs> but <laughs> we're
0: breaking up. God.
1: <laughs> that's fair. Um but so my choice is gonna be related to the game that we're gonna talk about. Uh chrono trigger just sort of like oh. put me in direction of like who is my waifu? Okay. And probably if she never talked would be Aylia. <laughs> I think that's how you pronounce her name. I Isla. Ayla, yeah. Ay Ayla? Ayla. The the cave
0: the cave. The ma- cave woman, bitch. yeah yeah yeah. The cave woman, yeah. Oof.
1: Bro. That would be mine.
0: Not gonna lie, dude. I I was playing this game yesterday, and like, it got to that point in the game where you can kind of just like play. Like, you can choose whatever team, mm-hmm. you know. Like, you can even take Chrono out of your team and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, shit, man. I was I was watching her run around like a fucking feral animal. Yeah, <laughs> 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 uh... they kind of get you. <laughs> Anyways. um yeah man good one (laughs) thanks (laughs) um (laughs) i think i you know tifa lockhart man has has been a character like she's been like a fictional character kind of in my life Mm -hmm. since i started playing video games you know yeah or at least since i like was into video games and like was in uh like fifth grade and stuff and was like playing like kingdom hearts and shit like that like tifa has kind of always been there and i remember like advent children came out and i remember watching you know just seeing her in there and all that and i just remember thinking like Mm -hmm. wow she's so badass she's so cool so probably one of the more basic ones but man this can't, I mean, just can't yeah. go wrong with Tifa.
1: I mean, it might be a basic choice, but it's a solid choice.
0: Sure, yeah. Yeah, so don't feel down, Karis and Ford, for, for choosing Aqua. Just because it's basic doesn't mean it's bad, okay? Yeah, put that on a shirt. Just because your waifu is basic doesn't mean it's a bad waifu. Yeah. Anyways, I don't know why we fucking chose that Said by that Sun Tzu. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways... Uh, that was question of the week. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, if you wanna, if you wanna answer question of the week, you're you're more than welcome to always answer on the YouTube uh, channel or um, on, in the Discord, or I'll ask it on Twitter or something like that. On Snapchat. Uh, yeah, Snapchat. <laughs> Add me on the Snap. But yeah, so this week's question of the week is it's kind of a broad question. But it's more just along the lines of like, who's your favorite character in Chrono Trigger? Slash, like, what is your what is your three person dream team in Chrono Trigger? Just kind of like all around favorite characters or character in Chrono Trigger. Yeah. So next week we'll we'll answer that one. Um, but since we're since we're talking about Chrono Trigger right now, uh, let's just jump right into this and start talking hey. about. Le Chrono Trigger Fancy. I don't know. Okay, so Chrono Trigger It's a good game. Yeah, it's all. All right, bye. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good game. Thanks for listening to this long-awaited episode. So Chrono Trigger came out in 1995, right? God damn. Yeah. So this was one of the last games to come out right before the PlayStation was coming out. Like, I think it was something like, uh, like a week or a few weeks or a month or something like that after this game came out, the PlayStation came out. So people were already pre-ordered, locked in, and stuff. And you know, upon release, um, I like make no mistake; it it made good money. But at the time, I think the release of the PlayStation was a big, like, overarching shadow over the sales of Chrono Trigger. And nonetheless, the game still sold very well, uh, especially at the fact, like. DJ, if you could guess how expensive this game was when it came out, what would you guess? Sixty bucks. Chrono Trigger cost eighty dollars when it came out. Oh, 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 god! As as did <coughs> as did a bunch of Super Nintendo games. Um, Why? And yeah, I know, eighty dollars for a, eighty dollars for this thing, dude. And now it's like on everything modern that it's released on. It's like. At most, like fifteen or twenty bucks or something, but at the time of 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 release in nineteen ninety five, this as a brand new video game was eighty dollars, and that's just so interesting to me because the there's so many people who are so up in arms about uh, next generation games today going up in price being seventy dollars. Yeah, and it's like, guys, do you guys? You guys obviously don't remember how fucking expensive old games were because they were not cheap. <laughs> like nice. like the PS2 dropped at like $600. And money back then, even just like in the early 2000s, money was more expensive back then, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's just kind of like one piece of history about this game that I think is so interesting. I think so. so many people, myself included, I look at... Like, we have websites now, like howlongtobeat.com. So, like, before yeah. you even buy a game, you can say you can see how long the story is, and you're like, am I going to drop $60 on a game that's going to take me five hours to beat? And for the most part, the answer is kind of no. Like, I, I, I'm going to yeah. wait for a sale or something like that. Granted, today, whenever we play Chrono Trigger now, it's like we're playing them. It's, it's, we're playing it way cheaper than it was when it came out. But even still, it's like, man... What an expensive game. (laughs) I know. Yeah. This game was developed by Square at the time, dubbed this team uh, the Dream Team. Dream Team. This team, it really is the Dream Team because it's like you hear hear these names. All of the names tied to this have left such a huge legacy today. And even at the time, they all were like big names at the time. Hirinobu Sakaguchi, Uh who, you know, we all know from. Final Fantasy. So That's my boy! That's our boy. Uh, We got Yuji Horii. He is still, to this day, the director and, like, scenario writer and designer for all of the Dragon Quest games.
1: You go, Yuji.
0: Yeah, he's he's fucking killing it. And I think that, I mean, we'll talk about Dragon Quest in later episodes and stuff, but I, I feel like... The consistency that Dragon Quest has seen from the start till right now has been one of the things that people still look at as just like, man, this is this is why I've always loved Dragon Quest. This is why I'll always love Dragon Quest. Like Final Fantasy has gone through through so many changes, changing directors, changing writers, design artists and stuff. Uh, Mm -hmm. Dragon Quest has stayed the same pretty much like since the beginning, even, you know. Like how we're saying Yuji Hori from the beginning, still now, fucking just banger after banger with the Dragon Quest series. Then we got Akira Toriyama. Oh, I'm the guy. The guy. I think DJ probably, I don't know how, no how into Dragon Ball. I mean, I, bro, I've like... I think I read a little bit of the first Dragon Ball manga and maybe watched the first couple of episodes maybe like 10 years ago. But I had friends who were huge into Dragon Ball.
1: Well, I mean, I definitely grew up with it. It was definitely one of the gateway anime for me. But me now, it's just sort of like, it, I still, it still holds a whole place in my heart, but- like I tell myself multiple times, like I'm probably never ever gonna rewatch Dragon Ball Z ever again.
0: Yeah, I mean it's a it's a monster of a show. Like Dragon Ball and One Piece, man. Like they're these like Goliaths in the anime like world Mm -hmm. they just go on forever but yeah uh akira toriyama it's not even that it's just not good (laughs) yeah i mean well i i remember i think i watched a little bit of what was what was the show like the show that came out after one of those movies it was like dragon ball super oh dragon ball super yeah yeah i heard that one was pretty good for a while but i don't know i'm not (laughs) i i would not be the person to like discuss dragon ball like that you know (laughs) Yeah, so, you know, the art director of Chrono Trigger is Akira Toriyama. Um, Hell yeah. Yeah, so whenever you look at the box art for the game or if you're even just looking at the sprites of the game, there's that obvious charm. Like, you'll see alien creatures that looked, you know, very similar to just that art style that you would see in a show like (laughs) Dragon Ball or Dragon Ball Z. Mm-hmm. Um, even in the what's it called? Like if you pl- if you're playing the PlayStation version or the Nintendo DS version or the PC and mobile version of Chrono Trigger, uh, Akira Toriyama even directed all of those like anime cutscenes that we see added into the newer versions. Hell yeah! So those all look fantastic. <laughs> um, yes, they do. Yeah, I-, I don't know. It's like whether you're playing whether you're like a a purist of the original one without all of the added cutscenes and stuff uh or you're playing, you know, the new ones, I feel like I feel like there's just no denying the fact that these cutscenes look fucking cool. Oh, 100% I agree.
1: And there's there's
0: a there's one scene in particular that I think really sucked me into Chrono Trigger whenever I was first playing it. We'll talk about it later, but the art style is really good. I could not see this game happening in any other art style. Okay, then we got Masato Kato, and I'm not in, I'm not like super familiar with everything that he's worked on, but he also directed the uh, like the sequel to this game called Radical Dreamers. He directed uh, Xenogears and Chrono Cross and Final Fantasy XI, and some parts of Final Fantasy 7 So he wrote kind of like the main story to this game. He obviously has some stuff under his belt, like he's a good storyteller. And then as far as the music goes, the music was done by a man named Yosunori Matsuda. Yosunori Matsuda, I, I, think, this, I think this man <laughs> is one of the... Most like <laughs> I guess juiciest pieces of the whole history of this game, in my opinion he had he had some help with Nobuo Uematsu, obviously from Final Fantasy composing, like from the first game through the ninth game, and some mm-hmm. of the later games as well, but for the most part uh Yosunori Matsuda did like ninety percent of all the tracks in here there's like a couple of there's like a very small handful of tracks in here that he did with Nobuo Umatsu. Yoshinori Matsuda or Mitsuda, he he went up to Hironobu Sakaguchi and was basically like, "Look, man, like I want to write music. I I'm a this is what I do. Like I am a music composer. I have songs, like I have ideas. Like please like let me let me like run this. Like let me run the music in this game or I'm walking out." And so Hironobu Sakaguchi straight up was like, okay, then the job is yours. Like, you got it. Like, go ahead. Go crazy. And one of the first nights that he was working on music, he basically stayed up all night. But from the time he woke up in the morning to the time that he went to sleep, he wrote the entire the entire like opening song that like he wrote that entire thing just in one sitting all by himself.
1: And oh, yeah, yeah nice. like
0: so much of the music in this game has such a unique sound to it. <laughs> um, mm-hmm, definitely. I don't know, man. Like it, this is, this is another situation that I feel is similar to that um, that feeling that you get whenever you're just so overwhelmed with all of the choices in front of you, you you lose track mm. of what you're doing and you end up wasting time just thinking about all of the games that you want to play. This is kind of how I feel yeah. with like talking about the music to this game. Like there's just there's so many bangers in this in this game. Thinking about the guy who wrote all these songs and stuff. I just like I don't even know what to say, you know. Right. That's been one of the big things that I've just been thinking about since trying to come up with things to talk about with this video game. It's just like I just have I just have nothing but positive feelings about this game. I I have like very little critiques <laughs> with this game. Definitely. But yeah, I mean that's kind of some of the development history of this game, like all of these people, they came together. I think there was a point where Mitsuda was kind of going through some writer's block and he was, you know, he wasn't getting enough sleep and all this stuff. And there was a lot of music that were on some flash drives that were like lost, like, and never to be like seen again. And that's whenever things started getting like really crazy uh, as far as the development goes. And that's whenever they brought in, nobuo uematsu to basically take mitsuda and be like hey man like i got you let's do this together and they wrote a couple more songs for the game and they're all fucking phenomenal so that's kind of just like some development history stuff i guess before we uh we go into kind of like talking about the story and all of that how how about you kind of walk us through i guess just how the game plays
1: So, the gameplay is pretty much like active time battle system where pretty much the next evolution of typical turn-based where in a turn-based game, you know, it's it's based... Each person takes their turn. Like, you, all your characters take their turns doing their moves and then after you do that, then the enemies take their turns doing their moves. And sometimes that's based on, like how fast your character is, whether your character is faster than the enemy or not. In active in active time battle, it's more based on time, where still speed of just, like, which character is faster and, like, you know, the time gauge going, but uh, things sort of, like, happen in real time, I guess, where, yeah. like, even as you're sort of picking your move, your enemy can also sort of hit you and stuff like that. And uh, so it's kind of like that. And... Uh, you have a party of three and you're able to after a certain point you're able to choose how you want and as you mentioned how like you get to a certain point where you can even take out Chrono uh, from your party which is also Which when I think about it more is that's really cool because last couple of JRPGs that I played you know like Final Fantasy 8 and stuff like that like you always have to have the main character in your yeah. party regardless of whoever you choose right. so it's nice that Chrono Trigger gives you the option to just choose whoever you want and um, so I really like that and uh, you have all these different techniques and spells and stuff like that. Magic you get a little bit later in the game because it's more, it's, it's more like overpowered, so it takes a little while for you to get that, but you eventually get it. And each character has like certain magic they can use, like Chrono can use thunder spells. Right. Um, the princess girl, I forgot her name Mar- off the top of my Marl. head. She, Marl, yeah. She can use water, I think, or she yeah, ice. Yeah, like ice. Yeah, ice. Frog can use water. Yeah, frog is water. But there are also characters like Robo and Aelia who can't use magic at all um, which is stupid but I, fuck, I think yes. I think
0: Robo's kind of magic was was uh, like the shadow magic because I remember whenever you go to what's it called because you you gain the magic whenever you go your first like visit to the end of time and you mm. walk through that door and then the guy who's like hey you're way too fucking weak to beat Lavos so I'm gonna help train you guys into like learning how to beat Lavos and so he assigns you or like he he tells you what your elemental power is or whatever. and I think Robo even says something about the fact that like he can't use magic because he's not an organic being. but then the mm-hmm. guy is like, well, your system is essentially the equivalent of like shadow magic. And so yeah looking
1: at the wiki right now, he, yeah, says that like his attacks are similar to shadow magic, yeah, yeah,
0: okay, tight.
1: But, yeah, each character can, like, use different magic. They all have special weapons they can use. And uh, you sort of go around the overworld and fight a bunch of enemies. And it's cool how, you know, there's no random battles where you just walk around and it's, like, takes you to a different location and you fight enemies. It's, like, they're on the map yeah. so you can decide whether to fight them or not, which is the more and more that I deal with stuff like that, the more and more I really like that. Yes, <laughs> yes. Over at, over at random battles. For sure. Um, yeah. I think I think as you
0: get and get like towards the end of the game and like you're going Mm -hmm. through dungeons there are more spots where it's like no matter where you step there's just going to be like a scripted battle in that spot that's true that's true but there's no like you said there's no like randomness like it's always Mm -hmm. it's always either you can avoid it or it's a scripted like block Mm -hmm. that you step on
1: you know yeah that's true plus i mean like a lot of the battles especially just regular enemies they don't take that long honestly i mean sometimes they can be annoying but they don't take that long yeah i would say the great.
0: longest thing about the battles is just kind of like watching everybody's uh animations as they like yeah, that's true. do their like dual techs and their tri tritex and stuff mm-hmm. like that but realistically i think i guess also just going into the more development side of this like they spent so much time oh, and effort into like designing hundreds of different animations for every single oh, yeah. character, and it's like they all look amazing. There's not like a, mm. I mean, sure, it's like okay, yeah, I've I love using this tech, so I'm gonna use it all the time. And it gets to a point where you're like okay, just get through it, just get through it. But at the same time, it's like none of them look bad at all. I love watching all of them, definitely.
1: And uh, yeah, like you said with the dual text and the triple text, like it's really cool how different combinations have like different sort of techniques. Like you can do Frog and Robo for one for a dual technique and then Luca and um, the uh, fuck, the shadow guy. I can't remember his oh, name. Oh, uh,
0: Magus or Magus. Yeah,
1: Magus, 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 Magus. Whatever. Like it's really cool. How there's <laughs> different combinations. So like you can really, it, in a way, it kind of gives it its own sense of like replayability. Like you can just... Do one playthrough with, like, I'm going to do Robo, Chrono, and Frog this playthrough. And then next playthrough is, like, I want to do Luca, Ayla, and Mages for some reason. Yeah. It's, like, different combinations, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and then all the different bosses have sort of their own unique gimmick of how you can beat them, which I really like. So it adds a lot of variety to it where it's not just, like, they're just a bunch of beat sticks. You just got to whack them. You got to, yeah. like, really think about this, the strategy and stuff, which is cool. But yeah, that's pretty much the the gameplay of Chrono Trigger. Pretty mm.
0: solid shit. Yeah. One of the big things that this game, I guess just to kind of continue uh, talking about some of the gameplay, a huge portion of this game uh, is centered around the idea of time travel. There's 65 million BC. There's mm. 12,000 BC. There's 1,000 AD, the end of time, 600 AD. Nineteen ninety nine A D and twenty three hundred A D. Those are all out of order, but (laughs) (laughs) I was just trying to think because let's see how many of these: one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. There, there are seven. This is kind of what I was getting at. There is seven, like time eras that you can kind of jump through, and Mm -hmm. each era that you go to, it's all in the same world, right? Yeah. Uh, Other than the end of time, it's like a one small little like room essentially. It's like your base, sort of. Um, Yeah, like home base. So all of these locations are all taking place in the same world. So whenever you go to like 65 million BC, and then you go to like 12,000 BC, or even just like, I don't know, the present day, it's it's pretty clear, especially if you're looking at the maps, it's pretty clear that... um, it's all, you're going to pretty much all of the same locations just at different Mm. points in time. Yeah. And later on in the game, you have access to a ship that allows you to just freely jump from any point in time that you want. So you can do as much exploring as you want and doing as many side quests as you want. And I think another thing about this game in general is just the way that they handle side quests. I feel like... Like, it's just so nice that all of these side quests are, they're just so focused, you know? Uh, I feel like so many, so many side quests and RPGs ask you to do, like, puzzles and stuff. I think in the Nintendo DS version or in the Steam version, there's, there's one specific quest that's just nothing but fetch quest, fetch quest, fetch quest. You know, that can be annoying, but, you know, that was added later on and it's it's only one side quest, whereas I feel most RPGs uh, nowadays, in particular, are most like most of their side quests are just filled with that. Oh, just go bring me this item, so I can craft you this item that's stronger, mm. so that you can kill this boss who will give you this item, so that I can give you, so that I can craft you like your ultimate weapon or something. And it's just like yeah. fetch quest and fetch quest, but. Very uninspired. Yeah, I mean, but other than that, like, all of these, they're so focused. Every side quest that you do, um, especially, like, whenever you are able to do them a little over halfway in the game, um, they pretty much all end up just wrapping up the end of a character's story, um, mm. which is really nice. It's, like, I think my favorite side quest, I don't know how many side quests you did, um, but for me my favorite side quest was whenever you uh go into the uh like that sand vortex and you go down into the sand and you kill like a huge monster um who's been like destroying all of the trees or something like that and so oh right yeah and so then you go back up and then that lady's like only if we had like a machine that could like preserve like the ground Mm -hmm. over here and then you, like, basically offer, or Robo is like, I can do that or whatever. So then you offer Robo yeah. to help out. And then you travel way out into the future. And then you see this, like, rusted Robo that's ki- kind of, like, like at this altar. <laughs> and mm-hmm. it's very interesting, like, what happens afterwards. I-, I wasn't sure if this is just what happens after you do all of the main optional side quest or if it's just after that one. But then there's this campfire scene. Did you, did you see the campfire scene as well? Yes. Yeah and then it's like you play as Luca for a little bit and then Luca goes into her house and there's like this terrible accident that's about to like happen to her mother and then you continue to just see more and more of Luca and Robo's relationship to each other and it really like it like genuinely made me care more about Luca and Robo. Um, Like, just the way that these side quests are, like, I guess constructed, it's like they're all focused on just, like, the characters who you, you know, gather in your party with you, which is so nice because especially games that have you just, like, collecting party member after party member after party member. Uh, like even Final Fantasy VI does this thing where I can't—I'm blanking on the name. There's like a Yeti character that you get, and like, oh yeah, yeah. and like the the Mimic character—they're both like mm-hmm. totally optional. But there's no backstory with either of them. Uh, <laughs> yeah. There's like nothing. Like, hey. Yeah, there, there's nothing to either of them, and there's no side quest that you can do to like learn more about them. Um, and there's—that's just not the case here in this game. It's like every character has just so much depth and thankfully like these optional side quests give you you know everything that you need to learn about these characters so the side Mm -hmm. quests are really good in my opinion (laughs) no Uh, i
1: agree they're they're fun i enjoy them a lot
0: yeah and then the um i guess just the over overall kind of like look of the game like how do you how do you feel about like the visuals
1: I, i love the spread work in this game it's very nice yeah um yeah no i just it's i like it a lot like i i have a really good soft spot for sprite work and this game i think pulls it off very very well and i like it
0: okay for this being one of the last games to come out on the super nintendo before the playstation came out um i really think it's the best looking super nintendo game like i just i just think there's no contest um like, I can't think of any other Super Nintendo game that looks better than this. And even if you, like, look at side-by-side comparisons between this and, like, Final Fantasy VI, like... Like, Final Fantasy VI, like, it... Like, don't get me wrong, it looks good for the Super Nintendo, but compared to this, holy shit, man. Like, the sprite work in this game is, like... I really, I really think this is, like, the standard for... Just, like, sprites. <laughs> and just, like, like these background, uh, like these huge vistas and like this epic scenery especially if you're in like the 12,000 BC the dark ages whenever you see those like floating islands and like there's that like waterfall that like drips off of the floating island back into the ocean and stuff like all of it just looks beautiful I cannot like I cannot praise like the artwork of this game enough you know (laughs) no yeah definitely it's very good yeah we've talked a lot about the gameplay and all that and a little bit about the uh side quests and stuff like that but i guess just kind of like how how did you how did you feel about the story here i guess if you were to like compare it to a game like final fantasy 6 like uh just just because they kind of came out around that same era and stuff like i guess kind of how do you i
1: mean it's kind of hard for me to compare because it's been so long since i played final fantasy sure but um, I mean, I enjoyed it, like, um, I mean, it wasn't anything for me personally, it wasn't anything, like, super interesting in terms of just, like, holy shit, whoa, what the fuck, uh, but, like, but, um, like, no crazy reactions from me, but right. I enjoyed it, like, it was a very fun story, and I enjoyed, like we said, all the different side quests and learning more about the characters and stuff like that. Yes. I really liked, sort of, Frog's rivalry with Magus. Yeah. And all that stuff, um... Yeah, no, it was a pretty fun story. I mean, honestly, I kind of like blanked out a lot of times whenever they were talking about the queen, the person who's like
0: trying to revive Lavos. Okay, yeah, I feel you. I feel you with that one. I I really wasn't a whole lot like I wasn't very interested in that whole side yeah. of the story for some reason. I I, I yeah. don't know what it was. I mean, the make
1: <laughs> yeah the mega stuff was interesting though. Yes. Whenever it was like whenever he was the villain at the time. Yeah, I was pretty interested in that, and like I was I didn't. I mean it makes sense now that I think about it, but I didn't even know that like frog used to be a person but they changed him into a frog.
0: Yeah. Like those sort of revelations I think were some of the best parts of the story. Um, yeah, definitely. It's and like this kind of goes with the whole side quest portion, but like the things of the game that focus specifically on the characters themselves, I think are the best part of the story, in my opinion. Mm hmm. Like Frog is such an amazing character. Even like Robo, um, just to kind of like Robo's tight, just kind of like jump forward, like from the beginning of the story. It's like once you go to that future era, you meet Robo for the first time, and like you see other robots that are over there, but Mm. then they all kind of start telling you, "Oh, this robot is defective because it's not doing its job," and basically the people who Mm -hmm. programmed the robots were like. Hey, like, you are to protect this base and, like, destroy anyone who comes in to, like, invade the place. So whenever they see, like, you, I guess, or and, like, other monsters, they're just, like, trying to protect. But this robot doesn't want to just be violent for the sake of, like, being violent and stuff. And then there's this really sad scene where all of the other robots just start beating the living shit out of Robo. Oh, like, just yeah. start, like... That was... Just start kicking the hell out of him and stuff and punching him. Yeah. And, like, the whole time, you're just you're just watching it kind of happen. <laughs> and, like, whenever you try to intervene, Robo's like, no, don't attack them. Like, mm-hmm. they're my brothers or whatever he says. And it's like, yeah. oh, man. <laughs> like, that's so... That's Damn, harsh, Robo. man. Yeah. But just, like, little stuff like that where it's just purely focusing on, like, the whole character aspect. And even later on with Robo, whenever you do his side quest um, in the future, and you go through that uh, that dungeon, and then you see the pink robot with, like, the bow on her mm-hmm. head. Um, yeah. And she's, like, trying to explain, like, why he... You know, she's just like trying to convince him of other things that he doesn't believe in, and all this stuff. And you have this battle Mm -hmm. with her, uh, just playing as Robo alone, and Mm -hmm. just like stuff like that, where it really hones in on just the the single character side of things. Um, Like Lavos is an interesting enough antagonist. You know, it's an interesting enough like plot point for you to kind of like go. For like this main larger goal, like you have like the big picture yeah. in mind, and the whole goal is to like stop Lavos from destroying the world in the future. Which, you know, it's it's fine, that's interesting, but like how you were saying, like it's the doable. whole the whole stuff with like mage Magus or whatever is like that that like personal rivalry that Frog has with him is like one of the really interesting antagonistic like stories in this game, right? But yeah, speaking of Lavos, um, let's just kind of like talk about kind of how this game like opens up. Like I don't want to do like a scene-by-scene dissection of this this whole thing, but it opens up with, you know, main character, Chrono, wakes up and um, there's the Millennium Fair happening and it happens like, you know, I guess every Millennium. (laughs) And... (laughs) Uh, you go over there with your best friend, Luca. Luca is uh, your female uh, like companion in the very beginning of the game, and she's super into building robots and into technology and stuff, and she's getting ready to unveil her like teleportation device where you can teleport one person to another place, but whenever they're at the Millennium Fair, things start going haywire, and it actually transports you through time so that's kind of like mm-hmm. where this whole <laughs> story kind of starts is like this whole idea of time travel like we were talking about earlier yeah before all that happens though there's a really cool thing that happens with like choices that you can make you, you meet in the, uh in the fair and you don't know that she's the princess yet but you know you can run into her and then it has all these different things where it's like if you run if you bump into her and then you run to go pick up her pendant before you talk to her, then there's, like, a courtroom scene later on where they'll use all of that stuff against you uh, to, like, throw you in jail, where it's like, ah, you should have talked to Marl first before you, you know, picked up the thing, or, oh, you should not have eaten the food at the fair, or else, you know, they'll use this against you. And um, there's just, like such a such an abundant amount of options that kind of alter little lines and story beats in this game uh, which is another really interesting thing about the gameplay um, it's just how many different endings there are and all that sort of thing and how many different outcomes mm-hmm. there are to certain things that you do so anyways uh, Chrono goes back in time and he he ends up uh, I think it's what' 600 ad
1: right yes yeah yeah, so
0: it's uh, there, yeah. And the theme song that plays in the background is really one of my favorite video game songs of all time, uh the Wind Ooh. Scene song. It's like da 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 da. Da 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 It's so beautiful. I just I love the way that all of those instruments just go together <laughs> in that song. It's just like <laughs> it sounds so whimsical. That's kind of like where this story starts picking up pace and all this stuff and then later on um You travel even further in time, which is where you go to the year uh, 2300 A.D., and that's where you meet Robo, uh, and then after the whole, oh, well, I think in 600 A.D., I'm pretty sure that's also where you meet Frog.
1: Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And so, that's another really cool thing, was just kind of meeting Frog for the first time and hearing his theme song. Bro, Frog's theme song is so good. (laughs) Another, another thing, too, since I guess just kind of talking about Frog and, and his theme song, too. His whole, like, uh, like weapon is the Masamune, and there's that portion. Fuck that, boss. Yeah. There, there's the portion in the game whenever you're going to fight. Like, you're going to, like, Magus' castle. You're, like, going to his castle, but then there's that, like, huge mountain in your way, and there's no way around it. And this is where they added one of the coolest cutscenes in the game. Um, This is the cutscene that really dragged me in whenever I was first playing it a long time ago. But it's the scene where, you know, uh, Frog's theme starts playing. um, Oh, yeah. And then he, like, he picks up his sword and he basically just fucking cuts straight through the mountain and opens up this huge hole for you to walk into Hell yeah! <laughs> I guess modern. If you if you haven't played this game, it's like, or if you're into anime and you haven't played this game, it's very like similar to that sort of feeling of whenever uh, the main character in uh, Demon Slayer finally like cuts through the rock. You know? Oh yeah! It's like this high like emotional moment where you know Frog is like doing this thing. He's af- he's going after what he believes he needs to go after. All this stuff. It's it's just really cool the way that it happens. Yeah, that's easily one of my favorite scenes in the whole game. I feel like I'm just jumping around the story at so many times, but yeah, you eventually go to sixty five million BC, and that's where you meet Isla and stuff. And there's this rivalry with um, between Frog and Magus. and then later on in the game, uh, you have the option to like not fight him, and instead like y'all like talk essentially, and realize that you yeah. kind of have similar beliefs you have similar goals in mind and uh you have the option to like have him join your party and you know he does the whole like shadow magic stuff super cool but chrono is also such a very intriguing character because he is you know a silent protagonist (laughs) oh but at the same time he has a lot of he has a lot of very like humorous moments uh like just kind of in the actions that he makes, like with his face and like body movement and stuff like that. Um, like I remember when I beat the game yesterday. There, there's a scene in the end. I don't know which ending you got, but in the ending that I got, um, they're about to like forever close this time portal, and then Chrono's mom runs through the time machine, and then oh, it closes, yes, and everyone's like, like yeah. everyone's like, oh, but. She, that she's never going to come back and then Crodo just looks at the camera and does like this whole like yes sh- like like pumping his <laughs> yeah. fist sort of thing and it's like yeah. oh, okay bro um it's <laughs> funny i mean cuz it's not like she did anything wrong throughout the whole game it's not like yeah. she was ever annoying the only annoying thing that she mm. does i guess is wakes you up before you wake up on your own i guess i don't know <laughs> mm. um <laughs> opening the blinds for you i just think it's interesting because they they're all pretty much dead set on traveling into the year what is it 1999 yeah they're they're 1999 is is the year that lavos comes but chrono and marl and luca are all from the year 1000 so realistically they don't have to do this They'll be. De- they can live their whole lives, and their grandchildren and great 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 grandchildren can all live long, fulfilling lives without ever being affected by Lavos. Mm-hmm. But yet they yet they still have this duty in their own hearts and minds of like this is you know we have to save the world, which I think is yeah. just you know I don't know I I feel like it speaks enough to their characters based on the other things that we see from them throughout the game but it is it is interesting just to kind of like have that realization of like they really don't have to be doing this like it's they're they're not doing it for themselves you know they're doing it for every everyone else they they go to the future they see the destruction that lavos causes you know you go to the year of robo in like uh 2300 ad and you see people over there who have been completely destroyed by lavos and 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 just everything that it does to the earth and later on they can like plant plants and for the first time ever see like sprouts growing and stuff and i feel like that was probably one of the biggest kickoffs for the gang to realize mm. this is this is why we have to do this we can't let our future end up like this Definitely. But, yeah, I think all all around, I think probably the only thing that I can complain about <laughs> as far as just things that I did not like about the game was the um, that scene where you go to 2300 AD and you do that, like, racing thing. Oh, yeah. I just, I don't know. It's totally forgettable to me. Just kind of like a, I don't see why this had to... Happening here I just I just beat the game For the first time Yesterday I've, I've played huge portions Of this game In the past Just never got around oh, really? To like finishing oh, okay. it Yeah no I never like I never like Like saw it to the credits Before But I had always yeah. like Gotten to the point Where you get the epoch And you can do all the Side quests and stuff Basically just mm-hmm. Never beat the final boss But it's always Stage is kind of One of my favorite games Just because of how The whole time travel system Works and how all The characters are And how the music is And stuff I think even just from beating it for the first time completely yesterday, uh, it was very clear for me to see that this game truly does hold up today. Um, oh, definitely. I agree. Like, there's there's not a... Like, other than that one racing thing, like, I feel like if they were to remake this game, uh, like how they would with Final Fantasy VII Remake, I feel like that would be the one thing that they would look at and say okay we need to make some serious changes to this part everything else was pretty much perfect in my mm-hmm. eyes i don't know did you have any other opinions kind of on the whole story or things that you did not like about the game
1: uh well things that i did not like they're just more just small nitpicks like only one part of the game that i mean for me the racing thing like i thought it was fine i mean i can understand why it would feel sort of just out of place with how the game is i get that but for me it was fine but we just more so the nitpicks. Like some of the bosses just pissed me off. Like Masumune, as I said, as I casually mentioned, he yeah. was annoying, and also just the last boss, Lavos. He, oh, fucking hate him. Like as soon as you fight him, he immediately does his like move that almost kills you. I hate that shit, dude. That's that's uh, why that I never
0: used a single elixir until that battle. Mm-hmm. I had so many mega elixirs and elixirs. So as soon as he uh-huh. would like drop a drop that move on me. I would just immediately heal my whole party. <laughs> Hell yeah! Yeah. But
1: um, other than that, I mean, not really anything huge that I can like criticize this game for. Uh, yeah, it's just a solid game for me. Like it, as we said, it definitely holds up to this day, which is a good thing. Uh, since the fact that it's been out since 1995, and the fact that
0: it still holds up is says a lot. Um, yeah, yeah, good game all around. I would say. Yeah, and it's like even i think this is another big reason why i appreciate pixel art so much too is just the fact that like with this game's particular art style there are so many amazing games that are out today and that are like being made today that have like pixel art art style and i think visually like this like if this game were to just come out i don't think that many people would see it as like being a super dated game. I think maybe maybe some story aspects as far as like the main villain Lavo's I'm sure a lot of people would be like, ah, it's not it just seems like an old old school kind of thing. I don't know, I just feel like <laughs> the how the gameplay is and all of the traveling through time and the music and the how how it all looks, I don't think it would be too surprising if a brand new game were to come out like this, you know? Like from an indie mm-hmm. developer. Yeah, I could see that. That pretty much does it as far as our, like, sort of review of this game. I mean, personally, I mean, I don't know if you want to put a score on it, but for me personally, this is, like, easily a 9.5 to, like, 10 out of 10 game. Oh, wow. Yeah, for me, at least. Uh,
1: oof. Hard to say. Um, I guess, just off the top of my head, probably an 8 out of 10. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think I think even I think for me it kind of like it it would go down mostly due to the fact for me I've just played so many fantastic games, you know? Um Mm -hmm. it's really easy for me in my head to like compare this to like what have I recently played, you know? (laughs) Um yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. But I I don't know, I also just feel like if I was if i was like 14 or 15 years old in 1995 and i had only oh, played definitely. whatever super nintendo games came out before this i think i like this game a lot better than final fantasy 6 in my <laughs> in my opinion i at think least.
1: honestly i think i would too yeah i think i would too honestly
0: final fantasy 6 is a lot beefier as far as it's just like single story but mm-hmm. i think i think this game even, like, with the remakes, you know, there's, like, other stuff that you can do after the game, but, you know, there's so many different endings to this game. There's just a lot of replayability to this game. Whereas, I think if you... That's true. If you were to, like, start over Final Fantasy VI, there's not a whole lot different that you would do in each playthrough, you know? It would always just be kind of going through the same, like, 30 to 40-hour-long story each time. Whereas, this is... You know, I think for me, my my playtime in this game f- with my first time doing it and doing all of the uh, side quests and stuff, it was about 33 hours. So it took me a little while to beat this game. But realistically, I could probably jump into this game and try to get a different ending and play it in about like 10 to 15 hours.
1: Yeah, this is a relatively short game.
0: I mean, my playthrough, <laughs> I'm looking at it right now, it took me 38 hours. 38 hours? Yeah. Yeah, I think I was mostly just also trying to like... <laughs> Like, I, I did, like, all, the, like, that optional stuff. I didn't play anything after I beat the game. Um, but I think if you were to like, look at this game on how long to beat, it's, like, an average first playthrough is, like, 20 hours, 21, 22 hours or something. Mm-hmm. But I think if you're just going through trying to do all this stuff, you can get a, like, you'll play this game for about the same amount of time as you would, like, a Super Nintendo Final Fantasy game, you know? Yeah. So there's a lot of content there. And, like, on replays, you'll probably blow through it a lot faster. Uh, especially whenever you know how, like all of the map layouts are, and like you know what sort of like options you want to choose. But, yeah, solid game. I'm glad I played it. I think it's. I think it's a must-play game. I think it. Realistically, I. I think if anyone has never played uh, JRPGs or wants to like start getting into JRPGs, I really think that this is a phenomenal starting point
1: yeah just, just all jrpg definitely yeah
0: well cool man i guess before we before we go into our sort of like outro and all that do you have any other closing thoughts
1: uh no just hey go play chrono trigger
0: yeah if you never played chrono trigger do it, do it. pussy this really this really was a game that has always been on my list to like finish uh along with a couple of other ones that i've never finished yet but th- this really is like a must play in my opinion Like it's, Mm. I think at the time it was more groundbreaking than it is today, but that doesn't change the fact that it's still a phenomenally fun JRPG to play, especially with what DJ was saying about like, uh, random encounters. Like if you're not a fan of random encounters, great. You'll probably like this game a lot. Um, if you like good sprite work, if you like good music, if you like good characters, You'll enjoy this game a lot. Yeah, I guess before we before we get out of here, just want to remind everyone that you can answer the question of the week. Uh, that question, again, is just kind of like, who are your favorite characters uh, in Chrono Trigger? What is your what is your Chrono Trigger dream team? Uh, like, if, if you were to have it in your party, like, who's your dream team? Which three characters would you pick? Uh, just kind of, you know, that sort of general favorite characters in the game. It can be anything even if it's just one character or if you want to give an explanation for why you love all what is it seven or eight characters i can't remember um but yeah uh you can you can do that you can uh answer the question by commenting on the youtube channel you can join our discord we always have the link in the podcast description and the uh youtube descriptions um yeah come join our discord we got uh, question of the Week threads, we got, you know, anime and manga stuff. I saw uh, DJ and Karis and Ford were talking about uh, One Piece. So that's pretty cool. It was, it was nice for me to see that there is just conversation happening in our, in our Discord. Uh oh, definitely. Yeah, we got Kingdom Hearts discussion, Final Fantasy discussion, Falcom Games discussion. We got memes. Uh, you know, fill, blow all that stuff up, guys. I mean... We love to see you all there. Uh, you can email uh, questions or if we got some things wrong or anything, you can either comment at us or uh, send us messages in Discord or you can email us at uh, overleveledpodcast at gmail.com.
1: Or you uh, can make your own YouTube video talking about how much overleveled podcast sucks. Title it, Overleveled Podcast Sucks, and it's like an hour long video of you just shitting on
0: us. Yeah, if you want to make a 1 hour it. long single person podcast about you just shitting on us. I mean, I don't want to Show encourage like. it, but I get, I mean, I don't do you it I mean, if you do it. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> um DJ um DJ has a podcast too called The Ramen Stand, right? That's what it's called, right? Yes, I do. <laughs> yep.
1: If you like anime, Come on, check us down at the Ramen stand. We just recently did our latest episode talking about the second half of G2 Kaisen. Really fucking good shit. Um
0: uh, yeah. so if you like anime, come on down. Nice. Uh yeah. DJ's also got his uh other his main channel that he does his uh sort of uh I, I guess you do like a multitude of content. I was gonna say it's your like mm-hmm like an like anime analysis channel but i i think you do more than just that
1: yes my channel is well i mean it is mostly anime but i do it's it's a comedic review channel where i talk about different anime movies and video games that i make fun of um but it, i also on the side like to do something a little bit different related to one of those topics yeah
0: if you're a fan of like john or like old school john tron <laughs> you, you you'll like dj's channel uh, it's yep. pretty much what yeah. it is. Yeah. But it's good. It's like, it's good to see that sort of content still alive. Cause it's good shit. So yeah, go follow DJ. What is it called again? Mushroom man, mushroom man, mushroom man, <laughs> name subject to change. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, go ahead. If you want to leave a short little review, uh, for us this podcast on apple podcast uh we're on apple podcast as well and that is a that is a huge like it's a huge way that you can help us grow more uh and reach more audience ears yes, and stuff is by leaving us a five-star review or leave us a one-star re- don't do that <laughs> but yeah follow us on spotify uh pocket cast apple blah 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 we also have a Patreon, uh patreon um just, to, it's just kind of there. If you want to show support monetarily, <laughs> it's completely optional. Currently, there's nothing in there like uh, special for you. <laughs> Maybe one day in the future there will be, but you know, that's an option too. If you just want to help support uh, this channel and help it grow, uh, yeah, you got anything else, DJ, or are we good? Not at all.
1: I think we are solid.
0: Cool. All right, man. Well, I will. I will talk to you later, I guess. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay.
0: Okay. All right. Bye-bye. <laughs> okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Do you want to say the girl Goodbye. scout thing?
1: Bye. A girl scout bye. <laughs>